What up, what up? Welcome to Tuesdays with Nick and Cole. It is October 15th, and we have a special guest on with us today. We got TJ Miller. Podcast lucky number seven. Starting with our sports rundown, it was homecoming week this past week, and then we go into our interview with Coach TJ. We then get into the wing review, which is a special wing review, considering it's close to TJ's heart. Then we go into Laura's trivia, go to the week, and then questions from the fans. All right, that athletic rundown, boy, oh boy, do we show up for homecoming. We were undefeated this weekend as uh, Loris Duhawks. Football team won 56-21 over Luther. Men's and women's soccer both beat BVU. Men's soccer won 8-2. Women's soccer won 10-0. Women's volleyball was undefeated on the weekend. They beat BVU to 3-2 and had a nail-biter with Nebraska Wesleyan 3-2. Women's tennis won three ARC medals at the conference tournament. And the men's golf had a thrilling showdown against University of Dubuque, where we actually won two matches on the last hole. Uh, Bo Bergmeier, give you a little background. He was down four at the turn, and he brought it all the way back. Uh, he won it on 18, which was huge, big momentum. Uh, Craig Collins, he played a great match. He was up the entire time. And then Jake Pizer, uh, Jr., won it on 18 to seal us the match. Uh, so, I mean, it was great. I got my first win as a head coach, so good things looking up for Loris uh, Golf. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, how's it congrats. feel? How's, how's that number one feel? It was good. Kind of get out of the way because, honestly, we had some expectations to win the home tournament. Um, this, I'm glad that we won the last one. A lot of momentum going into the offseason. Guys are pumped. Guys are bought in. Uh, and it was good to get, a, get them a win because now they can go into the offseason ready to go. Awesome. Yeah, what a crazy weekend. That women's soccer game, 9-0 at halftime. I saw that score, and I was like, wait, that's not yeah. the final score? Yeah. That was incredible. I wish I was there. I mean, I was running around doing homecoming stuff, but um, what a game by them. Yeah. Yeah, so the homecoming weekend, this was obviously Colin mine first uh, homecoming weekend, and it was a crazy experience. I mean, Loris really does do it right. It's really organized. It, it, I would say the best way to describe it is organized chaos because there's so many people there, um, but it's really well run and, and – there's tents everywhere that have been purchased uh, previously, and everyone has a tent. Like there's a, there's certain alumni classes that have tents, and then there's certain sports. The swimming had a tent. I know baseball, wrestling, some of the other sports, football, um, and it was nice just getting to meet not only uh, just friends and family, but but the alumni themselves of each individual sport. I know that there was a lot of teams that, that did alumni meets or alumni competitions or alumni practices. Uh, as a swim team, we did it, and it was a lot of fun getting to meet some of the old record holders and, and things like that. So it was it was a blast, blast first experience for me. I uh, made the rookie mistake of scheduling an event on homecoming. <laughs> um, sorry to my seniors that had to miss their final homecoming uh, for the most part. Um, but it was good to get that win. Uh, it was good to meet Pete Weber, who got inducted into the Loris Athletic Hall of Fame. That was a great experience to be at that uh, introduction to all the different athletes that were able to get inducted. Um, great experience. I, I mean, Loris does it right again. Um, mm -hmm. From what I saw, from the a little of the few things that I was able to uh, make it to, 
and now next year to get a kind of more full experience. But it was awesome because uh, playing on that Sunday gave an opportunity to alumni to come out and watch. Uh, mm-hmm. It was cool to watch them surrounding whole 18. Uh, there were probably 10 to 15 alumni that came out to watch our guys finish up strong. So it was good to get a win in front of them. Yeah. it's. I mean, homecoming is always really special around here. I mean, it's it's really the, the alumni that just uh, – they're so passionate – um, and have just so much pride for Loris, and and it's really cool to see when when everyone comes back. And I mean, like you said, organized chaos is is exactly what it is that whole weekend. I mean, there's, I think there was over like fifty fifty three events, um, basically from Friday at noon till Sunday at noon. So I mean, it's not even like a full three days. Like it is, it's nonstop. Um, but it's always a lot of fun. It's it's great to see um, some of my past friends. Um, who, who were able to come back. Um, but even just, just meeting um, alumni uh, that are they're able to come back, it's always a great time. All right, I'd like to introduce our first guest on the podcast, T.J. Miller. A little background on T.J. In college, he's a three-time All-American. He was a national champion. As a coach, he's two-time conference coach of the year. He was the rookie coach of the year. He was a national runner-up last year as a coach at Loris. Uh, he actually, two years ago, broke the team win record. Uh, so he's very decorated and a great person to have on. Overall Loris legend, in other words. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say that yet. Getting there. Getting, Getting there. there. Working on it, fellas. Starting to Thanks become, for having starting me. Yeah. To become Thanks the, for having me, though. Yeah, no problem. I'm pumped to be here. Good. You are our official first coach guest on the podcast. So, first question, what brought you to Loris? Simple question. Well, let's see. I was at Holy Cross in New Orleans. I was down there for five years, and I started pumping a lot of guys um, up to my father, who was up at Warburg. He was a legend there, and he was close with the head coach that was here, Randy Stewart. And then uh, <clears throat> Randy Stewart just called me out of the blue and asked if I'd be interested, and sure enough, my, well, I got married here, won a national title here. Um, my wife's parents are 20 minutes away so it was very intriguing came up liked what I had to hear liked what I saw and that was pretty much it so kind of a rare circumstance in that you were somewhat recruited to come here yeah you yeah. yeah I would say I mean by De- Randy Stewart you know he knew he was you know on his way out and uh wanted to be done with the college uh coaching and um was trying to basically find his replacement well that's great and I would say You've been a big help to Cole so far. I mean, when Cole came in, you were like one of the first names he <laughs> dropped as far as like you said, all right, I'm going to put you under my wing and show you the ropes. See, <laughs> thank, thanks, Cole, for the nice words, finally. Oh, <laughs> no. Yep. no, but uh, yeah, I mean, I could see that he was very hungry to do, to do well. And, um, you know, those are, those are the kind of guys that are easy to help. Um, and then, you know, I just kind of thought like, what, what are the, some of the things that maybe I could have utilized um, you know, in my first my first couple months, so we did a little tour. Yep, TJ Told was my first tour here on campus. Yeah, did a, did a little tour, showed him how to. Like, this is what we do. I don't know. You can take what you like or add. He's gonna add. I'm sure he's already adding his own stuff. But um, no man, just do hawks helping do hawks. Yeah, there we go. All right, next question really is, so what stands out about your time here compared to your time coaching other places? I mean, there's a lot of unknowns when I first started. It was kind of like I was here for like six, seven months, 
maybe eight months. It was like, all right, here you go. Show's yours. You know, right, like, right. what do you do? You know, there's like, you come to the office, you're like, all right, now what? Like, should I schedule? Should I go recruit? You know, you kind of got to micromanage, figure out, all right, this is what I'm going to do now. This is what's important this time of year. And uh, just there's a lot of almost like you can waste time, you know, like, right. And, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but it's just like you could almost overdo it and you can almost underdo it. And it's like trying to find that medium where you stay bit, you know, you got things to do every single day to where you're constantly, you know, improving. And I guess that's just the way I look at it. There's certain times a year where I'm scheduling or I'm getting hotels, transportation, trying to figure out that stuff and um, mix that in with recruiting and budget, fundraising, all that stuff. I can second that. Every time that I've walked into him, he said that he has three things he needs to get done every time he's in the office, <laughs> and then anything after that's icing on the cake. He there literally has three things that go. he needs mm-hmm. to do every time he walks into the office. Yep. So that kind of ties into the next question, which is uh, what are you going to do differently this year, or what have you been starting to do a little bit different this year than you have in years past as far as involving all aspects of coaching? Um, I mean, our, our room's big, but I think this is the most senior team, like most veteran team I've ever had. Um, this, this senior class is the first recruiting class that I oh, had yeah. kind of on my own. That's cool. So, I mean, um, th- th- there's not a lot of coaching that really goes in. You know, 80, 80% of what I always tell my guys, 80% of what I tell you, they already know. Mm. I mean, they already know. It's just the human nature side of it that you got to kind of kick them in the butt, you know, when they're kind of being lazy right now. It's getting towards midterms. You know, they want that fall break, and, you know, they got Thanksgiving on the mind, and, right. um, you know, they get a little distracted when season starts, kind of. So just one added thing, because um, we just started last Thursday. But um, I guess things differently, I'm not going to change a whole lot. You know, I'm not going to try to reinvent the wheel. I, I know what worked for us in the past, and we're going to kind of keep that same theme uh, moving forward. And, you know, we don't try to make things too complicated. Right. Yeah. I mean, you guys had a crazy successful season last year, so might as well keep with that winning formula. Yeah. What's uh, going back to uh, the talking about your senior class? What's what's that like seeing that freshman them coming in their their freshman year, um, and then seeing them now and how they've grown? What's what's that like seeing that progression? It's crazy. Um, you know, there, there's three good ones. I mean, three of them were all Americans. Um, you got Eddie Smith and. You got Guy Patron, who's done it three times, and Clint Lembeck, who's done it twice. And, um, you know, there's just a, a huge maturity, like, growth, like, that you notice from, obviously, senior year to freshman year. And part about some of the freshmen, though, I like that. Like, they don't know any better, you know. Mm-hmm. And, like, they didn't know any better. They didn't know, like, and, and they, they actually, that, that group helped get sixth in the nation, which was before the second place this last year was the best that we've ever done. So, I mean, they're almost like naive when they were out there, just they didn't know any better, and they were yeah. out there fighting and scrapping. But um, I would say just, like, their their confidence level and their level of maturity, and they're, they're men now, you know, they're grown men. So um, just overall, that, that's that been fun to watch, just that growth, not, like, on the map, but outside. Yeah, I've noticed that with some swimmers I've coached in the past, where, like, them being naive almost is to their advantage. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, yeah, you can go out there and win this event. And they're like, yep. I can? I'm like, yeah. And then oh, yeah. they just go do it. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. Sometimes it's a beautiful thing. Right, right. All right, so next question would be, what are your – and maybe you don't want to go into this, but what are your team goals for this season? Do you have anything specific, or, or you just have very minor goals within it? 
Um, yeah, I mean, today it was like, let's have the best practice of the year. Mm. Um, and that's kind of how we do it. We've always taken it one day at a time. It says it right on our door before you walk in on our door wrap one day at a time. And that's basically just means in a nutshell, putting your best foot forward and it's fighting effort. I mean, that's what we based on all of our success on is just those having those two prongs, um, always within our quota of what we're getting done every single day. And, um, you know, I think obviously we got second in the nation second most team points, obviously it would be let's win a national title. You know, that, that would be the next step, right? Um, but we don't talk about that a lot. Like right now we're talking about this practice today. Right. And then when tomorrow comes, we're going to talk about that practice. When we get to BV, which is November 7th, that week, we'll talk about BV. But, um, you know, you can't change. you got to be consistent in our sport. So we can't compete against, you know, this opponent – differently than we compete against that opponent. We gotta treat it the same and we gotta have our intensity to be the same. And we're trying to, right now we're really focusing on bringing Cedar Rapids in our room. That's where Nationals is at. Trying to like, when you're doing a one minute go or you're doing a match against your own teammate, try to picture yourself in that situation where you're in Cedar Rapids. Right. And uh, the more you're there, I think the better it will be when you actually get there. Gotcha. And here, here's a question just for me is, do in wrestling, what would be uh, like a home field advantage if there is one? Like, do you get to write your lineup second? To is that an advantage because that's how it is for swimming, or like, is there any advantage to being at home? Or well, not? now it's now it's different. Before, so the weight coach now, I mean, you can both agree to start at one twenty five, which a lot of them are very traditional and they want to do because that's okay. just how it's always been. That's how it was when they were wrestling, you know. Um, but now there's a if they want to start somewhere else, there's a coin flip. Mm. And you do that right after weigh-ins, and whoever wins the coin flip either gets to choose the starting weight class or they can just defer, and then that means you get to pick choice. Interesting. Okay. Okay. I don't know the world of wrestling Like odd or even. So if it's yeah. an odd match, you get choice even. So it's kind of different. It's going to be interesting, and I know there's some coaches that are going to want the coin flip, so it's going to be going to make sure I have right. a quarter on me right. you know, <laughs> at weigh-ins. but. You used to have to draw, like it, it was big pain. I never had it all okay. set up, so I'd rip a piece of paper up, <laughs> write ten numbers in it, and then whatever weight they drew, they drew. Okay. I have a question. Um, I mean, you're really not out of the college scene that much, but how has maybe the sport of wrestling and and how has it changed since you were a college wrestler? And then maybe also how has your view of the sport changed as you kind of transferred from a player to a, a coach? Um, the, it's definitely changed. Like with some of the rules, like the, the four point near fall would have been great. I would have given anything to have that. Cause I was big, I was a big top guy wrestler. I mean, that, that was my position. And, um, to have that four point near falls really changed the game. Um, the danger rule. I really like that. That keeps the guys scrambling keeps their, there's a lot of action. Um, the edge of the mat, even that happened while I was in college where there's, if one supporting point is in the cylinder of the circle, you're in. So I like the near fall out of bounds. Um, I really like the where they're going with it. And one thing I think it's helping is it's helping our world team a little bit in freestyle. It's mm. making feet a little bit more important. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it, it's wrestling's wrestling at the end of the day. So here's a question it's for you: the same. Would you say that the rest, the skills have gotten? better over the years like would you say the quality of wrestlers across the board is better at ncaa than it has in years past i mean in some weights some weights yes like 133 was loaded i mean there was like 12 guys that were probably within the top eight at one point in the year ranked um tons of all americans it just depends um, i think 
they're like they're they're guys hitting things like with Penn State, like mm-hmm. Bo Nickel, Jason Nolf, Zane Rutherford that I've never I've never seen a team that had three guys like that scoring that many points, like thirty something point like almost thirty points in the national tournament. I mean, that's ridiculous. Um so yeah, and on one end, yeah, I mean, it is better. And on another end, it's still kind of the same teams. Right. right. You know, at the top level, it's still the same teams that are like kind of the best. So I don't know. That's a hard question to really say. But yeah, the sport's definitely involved with the new rules. And um, it's, it's fun to watch. Cool. You guys got any other questions? No, oh, you guys done great. All right. So that brings us into our next section which we're going to go into our weekly wing review. Now, this is a special wing review this week because we did The Pub, which is a restaurant on campus. And uh, we'll go ahead and give the scores, and then we'll get into it. This was recommended by DJ. He said, like, this is one of the places that you got Right in our own backyard. Camp. Yeah, it's just <laughs> It is. All right, scores before we get into the debate. I gave it a 7.8. Cole gave it an 8.9. Trent gave it a 6.1. Dex gave it an 8.3. Nugent gave it an 8.1. Jim gave it a 7.4. TJ gave it a 9.4, which brings it to an average of an 8.0. What was Trent Hansen's score again? <laughs> Can I hear that again? One more time. What, Trent's what did... score repeated 6.1. Oh my gosh. Which was the lowest. Wouldn't score. know a good thing if it hit him right in the face. Literally. <laughs> Timeout. So you rated. Buffalo Wild Wings better than you rated the Pub Wings. Yeah, I did. <laughs> There's going to be some people from Airmark that are going to be extremely mad at you for ranking the I mean, solo. I know, and I, I even I, I didn't even tell you guys this. I went back on Homecoming weekend and tried them again to see because because you said maybe I was in a little bad mood that day when we tried them. I even went back, had the same exact order, and. I stuck with my six point one. Are you just not like a breaded? No, like I'm. I'm and I I prefer buffalo. the non-breaded chicken wings. Okay, like a dry um, rub. Yeah, um, or like with the sauce kind of cooked onto. I'm just it. thinking like the exact opposite of what like. Yeah, and I I like the sauce. Um, I wasn't a big fan of the barbecue sauce because it was a little like of a it was a honey strange mustard kind of. It it's strange different. Flavor. It's different. I'm in disbelief. <laughs> it's like the they buffalo slow cook them. I don't even know though. Like the, all the meat falls right off the bone. It does. You don't they, even gotta... I just, it was a lot of breading for my liking, <sighs> and I'm not a big breading person. And and that I you think was the biggest. Per- yeah, right. <laughs> 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 I think that was the biggest turnoff for me. That I just I couldn't get over the breading. Okay, I will say that. Get over I it. mean, look at dude. Literally, the size of the wing was one of the biggest, Huge. if not the biggest. It was literally Not as almost. Big as it was almost. Oh, dude, that one wing that I showed you was literally okay. one of the biggest Hulls. wings. Price, like price, is great. Yeah, the service. And Donna I, is in there. She's a saint. No, I agree. <laughs> and I think out of all of my friends, I am the biggest fan of the pub. Yeah. I've, out of anyone. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, love I go to the, the pub, pub every. I, go I could to go to the pub every day. Of, I probably go three days a week. Yeah, Guilty. I could too. I love the pub. I might go more often actually. Like the Philly cheesesteak sandwich is the best Philly cheesesteak. The chicken wrap is also pretty good. Yeah, chicken the wrap the ham good. and uh, bacon wrap. Yeah, the chicken the wings wrap. are pretty good. The wings are great. <laughs> all right, so here's my here's my rundown of the wings. Six point one. I gave That's... it a seven point eight because it was a good wing, but the downside for me was it was too much breading. So therefore, when it did get colder, it wasn't as good. Yeah, and the meat did fall off the bone, which I did really like. The flavor also was a little well, bit weird. Why for would me. they get cold? 
You eat them. Well, yeah, but like, what are you I don't doing? know. Like, do by the time like I a, got to the last, did you go one, do I was like a tour and then come back and eat them? Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe I have a recruit in there. Maybe I'm talking. I don't know. <laughs> by the time I get to the next one, lukewarm. He is a big talker. But yeah, so it was a seven point eight to me. It didn't get quite to the eights because I don't know. I'm a big like traditional barbecue type flavor guy. That was a it had a strange take on on what they call barbecue. So a lot more honey to it. But let's say we were just doing the mild. Would the milds have gotten to an eight? Mm, maybe the mild was better. The is there mild, a mild was definitely better. Well, I don't even know. It's the buffalo. The buffalo. The buffalo. The buffalo. Yeah. yeah, man, I think they're great. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. When and I, I like the, the buffalo time. sauce. I thought it was again good. the rundown size great. Juicinious tenderness literally fell off the bone. <laughs> yeah, it's Taste like they slow cooked them in a smoker like the whole <laughs> it day. Does, it does. <laughs> I, I, need, I wanted that. to go back there and see how they did it. <laughs> you gotta have hilltop wings because so far yeah, the you would. I think you would really like hilltop wings. You think I would give it above a nine four? You might. Based off of our scores and how they like the pub wings and how they like Hilltop, yes, I think you would rate it more than a 9.4. So what did they, did they rate the Hilltop a little yeah, better? I mean, we I probably could, need I to go. Hilltop's the greatest We probably need so to go back to, to Hilltop back. because it was, we but I'm all experienced. Yeah. It was Laura's our first pub. one. <laughs> it was our first one. We need I might to go even back. Go. There's some days where I'm like, that's a 10. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Hill, Hilltop was an average of a 9.025. So a full point better than the So what if you would have just put an 8? To the pub average, I bet it would have been up there. I mean, I it don't know if it would have been to a it nine. Been no, it would have been, been closer. It would have been, it would have been, like, it would have been, eight been eight five. Higher, but here's the thing, Jim. If you're listening, Jim has very interesting ratings because uh, he gave he gave a Buffalo Wild Wings a four point five. <laughs> <laughs> he gave the pub seven point four, and then he gave Hilltop a nine one. Nine one. These are all wing in, like wing. Yeah, yeah. Bone, bone in. Bone but in. Hey, again, I'm gonna go back to. <laughs> my earlier discussion wicked. about the scene having something to do with it. <laughs> yeah, true. It was true. his birthday. He was in a great mood. This is true. He was surrounded by all of his friends. <laughs> the 10 he out had of a, t- 10 I mean, out of 10 He was question. told it was a great wing. Yeah, Went and had wing. it. Yeah. And boom. I mean, I'm not saying it. I think we need I, to go back. We Tail do top. need to go back. I think all we right, need to I'm go coming. back eventually. And T- we'll invite uh, TJ. Yeah, and yeah. maybe that's the next time he comes on the podcast in a few weeks. There you go. It'd probably be like two months by now. But yeah. After he, they're deep into back, season and we oh, can yeah. bring him back Maybe on. Maybe after and have some after the BV duel or something oh, yeah, like that. Okay. We'll bring you back on. We'll go to Hilltop and uh, re-rate. All right. All right. So next section, we're going into a special segment of Loris Trivia this week. Since TJ is on the podcast, uh, we'll change things up a little bit here. All right. Oh so Cole asked, <laughs> he wanted to know if you could answer the trivia questions that I asked them the past couple weeks. So I really so wish I was an if avid you, listener. If you were an avid <laughs> listener, you would have all these right, answers. No, I know. <laughs> so, first question. Who is and was the longest and youngest standing president at Loris College? The longest? Is it Jim Collins? Yeah. Oh. Good job. Oh, wow. One for one. That was good. <laughs> there you go. All right. Second one. What is the name of the camp that holds over 2,400 kids over summer? Loris All Sports Camp? Yep. Oh, okay. that one was an easy one. <laughs> yeah, we got that. I mean, that it's right outside my office. office. Got <laughs> can't really miss that one. All right, number three. How many sports teams does Loris College have? 21? 22? 24. Oh, 24. 24. <sighs> I don't know. I was just throwing a it's number okay. out there. <laughs> <laughs> this, this one might be tougher. I don't know if you'll know this one. What is the oldest building on campus? Hmm. I'm between two. Is it Fieldhouse or Hennessy? Wow. I'll, I'll give you that one. That's impressive. You didn't say like Kane Hall. It, it's Hennessy. Oh, yeah. I'm impressed by yeah, that. That's impressive. Well, they just had that historic thing two years ago outside of Hennessy, right? Like where they did like this big deal, like 
Oh, maybe I didn't. I didn't oh. even know that. Nick, we weren't here yet. So <laughs> yeah, we have an excuse. <laughs> it's what I knew it was one of those two. It's All right, we got we got three more. What percentage of incoming students receive institutional financial aid? Hundred percent. There you go. Wow, you're cruising through. <laughs> that was easy. That was fast. All right, next one. Average amount um, of hours every year that Laura students participate in service. You're not going to know this one. This is a really hard question. Average hours a month? So, like, total by the... No. <laughs> what? The every what? year, Laura students, all the whole student population, okay? What is their average amount year over year? If it makes you feel any better, he did not ask us this question. Wow. I'm pretty like, sure I, I did. Know, I, like have it, I have it marked. I didn't ask you this question. Yeah, luckily, you didn't 40 hours? I have no idea. <laughs> oh, no. What? Like, what is it? I, what we, what I, I, so now you guys have to guess, too. I thought I... Why did I... I have this one marked so as average red. per student? No, no, no. As the whole student population. Oh, how many okay. hours? So that how many hours that. a year in one year? Oh, oh man. That's going to be like a large 200. number. Oh, no. You're, I mean... That's going to be a very large number. Yes. Oh, even more? Like 2,000? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to guess 5,000. Oh, no. You guys aren't even close. 10,162. No, you're Does dance marathon count? Yeah. Oh, boy. All right, well, just give us the number. Well, that's... 80,000. Holy moly. Wow. Well, yeah. Good for them. Two hours. That's how <laughs> we <represent>. do hours. <laughs> that's a lot of hours. That, I, I didn't ask you guys you that question. you ever had that up? Nope. I mean, days? that's a lot. That no, I, I mean... 20. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> All right. Um, last question. I think this, this one might have been last week. Uh, who is the famous CBS broadcaster that graduated from Loris College? Gumble. Greg Gumble. Correct. Do you know what he majored in? Sports management? No. Oh, media this studies. No. Trick question. Oof. English. English. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. It, Read that and teleprompter I think that real not well. A lot of people, <laughs> not a lot of people know that. Not a lot of people know that. All right. And then Cole actually had a special request from this, uh, for this, from me. Uh, I asked him, what, three weeks ago now? Can you sing the Loris College fight song? No, not really, but it's, you know, hail Loris Varsity. And then that's about it. <laughs> that's and, then I just, and then I mumble. Cole, and then did I you, mumble did with you everybody. Because uh, it's always in a crowd. It's like I should go downstairs. They have it like they have it somewhere like on the field it's in house. The, it's in the, in the calf. calf. Yeah, I should just memorize that thing. But I always just kind of like hum with the the rest of the crowd. Hail, <laughs> uh, Loris Varsity, and then it's talks about uh, like win today. Cheer them along the way. Yep. Cheer them along the way. We're gonna win today. Onward to victory. I knew that part. No, yes, yeah, I don't got so it. That was like, <laughs> hey, what do you say? I should make my wrestling maybe team sing it after every over. Duel maybe that's what then. we'll do at one week or every week. We'll do one line. Okay. All right. Hail Lord's All right, That's a fair deal. That's yeah. this week. Okay. Okay. <laughs> all right, but that that's all the trivia questions that we have. You did pretty good. What he missed like two, I think. I think just one. Yeah. Because well, the 80%. the the yeah. the, the hours. service hours didn't oh, really yeah, count because yeah. that. That, that was, was crazy. One, but. All right, so that brings us to our next section, which is go to the week. So let's draw out of the hat this week. No, draw the hat. We brought a guest on. He's a wrestler. Oh, We're going to do college wrestling. College wrestling, all right. Well, I, uh, I got who I want as the GOAT. You guys got? Mine's Kale mind? Sanderson. Kale Sanderson, all right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and say Logan Steber from Ohio Ooh, State. That's a pretty good one. Let me let me give you my argument here real quick before you uh, before you even say anything here. <laughs> let me drop some knowledge. He's a four-time NCAA champion, Hodge Trophy winner, national team title holder, beat the previous two-time champ Jordan Oliver. His his top position was absolutely lethal. 
best when it counted most, and also then went, went on to win a world title in freestyle wrestling for the U.S. Top it? Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's hear it. Well, he had a good one, Kale. I mean, he yeah. was undefeated. He was undefeated. I mean, he was a four time. I, I remember watching Logan Sieber lose to true freshman Zane Rutherford in a duel mm. meet. Mm. Uh, Kale so. Sanders was undefeated. Mm. Hey, hence was my argument time. for when he only was the best at <laughs> <when he mattered laughs> most. Um, four timer. He was also a four time outstanding wrestler uh, in the NCAA. So, like, out of anybody at the tournament, he won four. He was an outstanding wrestler. So, literally, nobody then better than him at, in the tournament. He was a three-time Hodge winner, so two more times than, than your guy. Okay. Uh, he I also bet he's the only three-time Hodge winner ever. You think so? I bet. I mean, that's a stat. You, could, you should look up. Producer. <laughs> yeah, I got, let me get on that while you guys still talk. <laughs> no, I bet. I mean, I don't know. That's a good one. What else um, you got? Any one, more stats? I don't know. See, I'm, well, he I'm was 159-0. I'm trying to think. Uh, mm, I mean... What do you Enough got? Said. Who's yours? No, I mean, Kale, Kale was my favorite growing up. Favorite, favorite wrestler to watch. College career, pretty much unprecedented. I don't know how many bonus points he had. He um, won in two different weight classes. Two different weight classes. Does that count for I'd something? Say the next, I'd say my next one is Kyle Dake. Yeah, winning Kyle in Dake, four different weight four classes. Four different weight classes. I mean, that's pretty impressive. You start at 141, he went at 49. I mean, I think he, he had like he had almost seven minutes of riding time when he won it at forty nine. He beat Taylor against Frank Mol- Molinero from Penn State. Who ended up winning the, the next year, and then he went up to fifty seven, won it there. I think he beat Derek St. John, and then he went up and beat Taylor, who That's was right. a two time, mm. two time national champ. And Taylor is no slouch. And Taylor's a world <laughs> champ. Yeah. So, as far as records go, individual records, do they keep track of of like uh, stats as far like? points you could put up and let's say most points or things like that like most points yeah. like in a match at the national championship i don't they know might. Uh, they might but then like it's different because like even if you were to text somebody you could have some you could pin somebody mm. so like if you wanted to talk about how many team points they'd gotten that's one thing uh, okay. or versus like how many points they got i mean right. it's it's not as easy to determine it versus like points wise because some weight classes are a little bit more like point friendly I guess I would say than okay. other weight classes, you know, like mm-hmm. heavyweights and more of your top half, you're not going to see as many probably. I mean, there are some that have that opportunity to have more takedowns and stuff like that. Okay, but you don't necessarily see that. So it's hard to compare really across weight classes. Kale was a league of his own when he came in. He was shooting low singles. People right. didn't know how to handle it. Oh really? I mean, he was cradling everybody. He got so many bonus points. If he did Pinier, Teka, he was major and yeah, probably. No matter who you were, I mean, there just wasn't a lot of close matches. I bet you could count like three or four, maybe tight or tighter matches that he's ever had in college. Like he just dominated. So did he kind of like change the game a little bit? Oh yeah, people started changing 100%. how they wrestled. hundred yeah. percent. Huh. So especially to that heavier type of. Do you think weight. it was him that was innovative, or his coach, or what? I don't know how the heck it happened. I mean, I remember when he came into Iowa State, it was Bobby Douglas was the head coach, and Joe Heskett and. Kale, I think, were undefeated that, and they were both freshmen. And, I mean, it was just, it was unbelievable. He just, like, took the whole world by storm. Mm-hmm. It was like, who's this kid from, you know, I think it was from Idaho or Utah. Or, I think Idaho is okay. where he's from originally, but, um, man, he's dominant. So since uh, the Hodge Trophy started in 1995, 
Kale is the only uh, person to win it yeah. three times. There's Zane. Zane Rutherford was a two-time winner, and then actually uh, Ben Askren um, in oh, UFC 06, fighter. 07. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he won it twice as well. But Kale, uh, in 2001, there was actually co-winners with Nick Ackerman. Yeah, so from Simpson College. Really? Yeah, he, uh, he didn't have legs below his knees, and he won a national title at 174. I was there. It was crazy. Wow. Yep. That's wild. Did That's uh, did I, any... Did any of the people we're talking about win a team title other than Logan? Yes. Is that, <laughs> you don't sound very confident. Uh, Kale never won a team title for Iowa State. Right, but Dyke did, didn't he? No, because he's at Cornell, so he didn't. Maybe not. Hey, maybe I just laid the trump card for go. <laughs> <laughs> Greatest of all time. Put the team on your back. Win I mean, the team title. Yeah, it's one of those sports. Schneider. I mean, that helps too. And yeah. Get Kyle Schneider on your team. And I mean, he can only do his, his job. He did what he needed to get done. Yeah, I'm just saying. Counts. And then Kale went on, and now he's winning, what, six, seven in a row, seven out of the last eight national titles as a team. He's a head coach at Penn State, so yeah. he's right. he's like on All a right. gable pace right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. You mentioned, or you talked about Nick Ackerman. Who was, uh, I keep thinking, uh, who was the wrestler with only who only had one leg at uh, Arizona State? Here he went to Arizona Anthony State. Anthony Robles? Yes. Is he still wrestling? Uh, no, he's but he's broadcasting. He does motivational speak, speeches, right. stuff like that. Yeah, he's like he on, was insane. Like in uh, yeah, he was good. And when it's, it's like at the national tournament every year, he's on the one on ESPN, you know, talking. He does the commentating and all that, and then I think he's doing motivational speeches around the kind of around the nation. Yeah, that's incredible. Oh yeah, that it is was incredible, unbelievable. Um, not like so. My high school team, we had a a teammate of mine who was blind, uh, and one of the coolest practices that we ever had was our coach actually like blindfolded us for an entire practice. We had to go an entire practice blind and it was absolutely nuts it was crazy to like go through that experience uh definitely earned some more respect for like him as an individual i uh, couldn't i mean a little bit different than wrestling with one leg but wrestling blind uh it, corbin anderson he was his biggest sport was jujitsu but i mean what he did like wrestling wise was awesome couldn't imagine Hey, here's a question for you, TJ, and this was completely random and off topic, but uh, what do you think is a more skilled ground game, like a high-level, or who has a more skilled uh, ground game, high-level NCAA wrestler or a high-level jujitsu black belt, maybe? Well, I'm I'm actually, I watch, like, so I'm a member of, like, the Flow flow Sports, Mm -hmm. so they'll have, have, like, Flow uh, documentaries on grappling, which is pretty much jujitsu without the gi. And um, they're talking about how much they're doing wrestling because there's wrestling that they don't make it in the world team level or the UFC level. So they go into the grappling and they start dominating. And wrestling is by far the best skill that you can have for jiu-jitsu. So? Oh, on 100%. That's crazy. 100%. Well, you'll see it. Yeah, you see it in Body UFC. awareness, knowing yeah. where your body's at, knowing where your opponent's weak, uh, being able to feel them, just having that just natural feel of knowing where you, your hips need to go and where your body needs to go to – Basically, put them at a disadvantage. I mean, that's all jujitsu is: is being an, an advantage or a disadvantage. And makes sense. I, yeah. I would, I would definitely, if I could pick the skill to start with, I would definitely pick wrestling. Okay. Because I think you could teach wrestling a wrestler jujitsu a lot quicker than you can teach someone that's done jujitsu their whole life wrestling. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, and you're seeing that in the UFC. A lot of the high level wrestlers. Uh, right? Almost every weight yeah. has the champ as a wrestler or right. a former wrestler. Right. Yeah, that's wild. 
All right, I think that wraps it up for our uh, go to the week. Again, tweet at us if you have your own opinion. You know, feel free to debate it with us in person. Um, DJ, uh, Nick, and I just want to thank you for coming on to the podcast. Uh, you're you've been a huge help to me. Uh, I know you've helped out Nick in some different ways. Uh, but again, thanks for coming in, enlightening us with a different couple of things, answering those questions for us, uh, and having that wing review, even though Trent's not the brightest with that <laughs> answer, and then uh, going through that go to the week. Oh, man, thanks for having me. You guys have been awesome, and uh, good luck the rest of the year. Thanks for coming on. Uh, and kind of just give a rundown or a breakdown of that interview with TJ that we were able to have. Again, you, you said it once. Uh, he was a huge help to me. When I came on here, I know as soon as I got you on the interview process, everything like that, I told you, hey, if there's one person you got to talk to, uh, it's TJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I mean, he's definitely taken me under the wing as a coach. Uh, he's invited me to everything, uh, wrestling. Uh, he likes the background that I had of being a high school wrestler. Uh, so it's been nice to actually get involved in, with some of their alumni, being at all of their different events. Uh, I mean, he's he's a good guy, uh, and he definitely supports the Hawks being Hawks. Yeah, I mean, talk, a guy with, talk about a guy with a great personality. I mean, he's just always energized, always in a great mood. Go, 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 go all the time. Um, and always just, it's always that, that, like he said, it's just what what are you doing today to get better, you know? Yeah. Like, what, like don't worry about the future. I mean, obviously it's it's there and it's going to come, but like, how can you get better on uh, today, and you'll go from there? That's definitely one thing that I'm gonna have to that I'm gonna take away from that interview <clears throat> and having that conversation with him, because I definitely uh, have gotten my head, gotten my guys very motivated about conference, um, but I I also don't want them to get too far ahead of the season through the off season. Um, it's nice to have them motivated and ready to go uh, for conference and understand that they can win it. But now taking that step backwards and understanding that we got to take it day by day. Yeah. The one thing I really liked what about TJ said was uh, when he said 80% of what he's going to tell them, they already knew. And that he just needs to reiterate it over and over and show them and, and you know, come up with other unique ways of, of being able to use that information. That's, that's so true. As all the experience of coaching I've had, it's, it seems to be that that's the case where – Okay, there's, it's not rocket scientists necessarily. Like a lot of the same, a lot of the successful teams are doing very similar things, um, and you already know what you're supposed to be doing, but it's a matter of putting in the work day in and day out. So it kind of ties in. But uh, no, I I, uh, I like that he acknowledged that, and I totally agree. And I think that uh, kind of going off of that, both you and I kind of have a unique uh, sense of coaching and how we kind of view like our swimmers and our programs in a, a different view that other coaches do uh, of that 80% of my recruiting is I bring in kids that know how to golf. They know they have a golf swing. How I'm going to make them better is working through a golf course and putting them in the weight room. Not many golfers in high school go into the weight room unless they play mm-hmm. a different sport. Um, I know you have different techniques that you may not want to get into, but that you have certain ways to practice that mm-hmm. other coaches don't do. But it's taking that 80% of what they can do and what they already have and then developing that last 20%. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Now, it was great having him on, super personable. And, uh, yeah, that was a great interview. Yeah, we'll have to bring him on another time for sure. All right, now uh, we got some questions from the fans. Uh, First question, (laughs) this is a little goofy one. 
what current invention did you think would flop but actually is very successful? All right. Well, I have my answer. I actually have a lot of these randomly. But uh, the one I thought for sure was going to flop was the iPad. And you might think I'm crazy, but when it first was being advertised, I was thinking, okay, we have our phones and we have our computers. Why would you want something in between that? Like, what would you possibly use that for? It's too too big to be a phone and too small to be a computer. So I didn't understand why people would buy it. And then it became really popular and I started to see why people would use it. So I kind of am on board at this point. But at the beginning, that's what I was thinking. Um, I Well, my mind went a different kind of route. Um, I'll answer, <laughs> let me answer the one I have kind of in my yeah. head and then I'll answer that question. So the first thing that kind of came in my head was what's like one thing that you thought was going to flop for some, so I was looking up like inventions that came from like things that, and one of them was Play-Doh. So like <laughs> Play-Doh was actually like invented for something else and it became a huge hit when it actually became like a, a child story. Yeah. Um, so like, that's the first thing that popped in my head, which is kind of like not it because it obviously took off, but it, it kind of flopped because it, it's not the thing that it was actually invented for. Right. That's funny. Um, but the biggest flop kind of that actually ended up being a success. Like what, what did you think would flop that succeeded? Like when you were hearing about it, you think like, ah, oh, this isn't going to be, no one's going to buy this, but it ended up being like a huge purchase you think of anything Trent (laughs) I don't know I think um, the only thing that's like coming to my mind right now is like the Segway hoverboard things oh yeah like those things are the stupidest thing ever (laughs) but I mean I guess maybe they kind of flopped now but still like those things like they were popular for a while for like six months yeah and were like the biggest thing ever yeah, that that is a strange one, especially since it's nothing like hover. It's not a hoverboard. <laughs> you're, you're rolling. <laughs> it's on the just a, it's a, it's a Segway without the handles. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Which, by the way, I did have a Segway once that was an off-road Segway. I was the uh, I worked at a county park for a couple summers, and they had like these crazy tires on a Segway that were it was meant for off-roading on a Segway, which was a blast to ride around. But anyway. I've never been on one. Uh, I suggest riding an off-road one. I've got one. What's uh, it? It's kind of in my in the fitness realm. I honestly like since I'm a huge fan of it. I didn't think that CrossFit would take off the way that it did. Mm. Um, so like I watched it at the beginning and watched uh, CrossFit, and I it's something that I didn't think would kind of blow up to what it is now. I mean, it's the games have grown. A lot Definitely. of people who don't work out now go to the games, watch the games, are super into knowing all the people. But I didn't think it would take that. I kind of thought it would just kind of get brushed underneath. Also, kind of going off that ESPN Ocho, I thought that that would kind of go away. But, man, do I look <laughs> forward to watching ESPN Ocho when it's on one time of year. Uh, that's funny. That was uh, – it's actually stemmed from one of my movies that I would bring on the deserted island, Dodgeball. Yeah. Great. Yep. I mean, that's a great movie. <laughs> great. ESPN Ocho is pretty incredible, actually. It is. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's I, awesome. I, I, it stinks. It's only one time a year. <laughs> Seriously. I really wish it would. It maybe. I mean, it would be a lot if it was like every day. But, but like, no, they couldn't do even it like day. once a week. Because it no no if no. They it, just like figure like had one sport like once a week. Like yeah, but it's just it so ruin the magic. Of like it, yeah. I know. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Once a week, I could see like uh, like four times a year. Okay. 
Maybe like the distant different seasons of sports. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they just have so many unique sports that like you can't watch all day. That's why it stinks that you can't. That it's only one day. You and you, you literally have if to. You sit don't in have front DVR. TV, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Then you're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, I I uh, I have a question that I uh, received in a direct message, and here it is: in competitive swimming. There are four ways to move through the water with the goal to go as fast as you can. In competitive track, there are just two, running and race walking. In the field events, there's the long jump and the triple jump, but that's about not how far. That's not about how fast, but how far. Why isn't there a hopping race or a skipping race or galloping race? You could have a track or individual medley combo of galloping, skipping, hopping, and running. Would it be fun to do? Would it be fun to watch? Do you think these events should be added? Something to think about. That's the question I received. So let's let's talk. I'm so, kind of lost right now. So, I mean, <laughs> what I kind of gathered from it, uh, the whole, like, there's just some of those movements, like, how would you regulate, like, skipping? Is it, like, just skip? Is there a certain height right, you have to yeah, go? that would be tough. Like, distance? Like, could somebody literally, like, skip and, like, be really close to the ground and speed skip? Or is it, like, explosiveness and, like, tailored yeah, like, to it? Yeah, that, yeah. That, maybe that answers the question. It's too hard to regulate, at least as far as skipping goes. Hopping would be interesting if it has to be, like, a two-foot takeoff. Yeah. And because then you could just play with your strategy because it doesn't really matter necessarily, like, how right. far. Do you want to do smaller hops or bigger hops? Um, right, like but what, a, uh, what I feel like triple jump do? is like coming to hopping. I feel like that's like almost there. But that's what it, that's the question said that the triple jump is about distance, not speed. That's true. That's true. That so would, be would be interesting. Speed. A speed triple jump, basically. We're gonna have to yeah. hit up Yasmin Ocho. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that could be added. It's definitely. a sack race, right? Like I'm sure. Yeah, have, that is exactly what it is. That is exact, yeah, that's exactly what it is. But the sack race makes it look ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes it funny if yeah. people fall over. Yeah. But if you were to watch that, like at the national level, but I'm they're sure athletes, yeah, they yeah. would be ath- like professional athletes doing this thing. I mean, I agree. I just, why is it not a sport? Or like, yeah, I guess the <laughs> because question is I why. just, I mean, it, I don't think that it's not like. I'm just laughing in my head. <laughs> like, I don't necessarily view it as like an athletic movement, kind of. Right. right. Um, but I could. I mean, but that's just that's not being said. It couldn't be changed if I saw a bunch of different athletes hopping. <laughs> yeah, maybe they they make little hurdles and like it turns into like a mini hurdle. Well, like those feet. little like the little green ones you always see like in a weight room or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that would be interesting if they laid those out and you had to clear how, like, how far? like 100 meters or is that? Fa- I feel yeah, like 100, 100 meters, meters is far. Maybe 60 meters. Like 50, 50 like meters. a 50 meter, 50 meter dash, hopping dash. Ho- Maybe I'll make my swimmers do that. You know yeah. what? Watch out for the day. That, we're, do a, we're actually going to do a race. <laughs> you two are going to race <laughs> oh, the 50-meter hopping dash. <laughs> Bring we're Dex on invented. just because I want to beat Dex <laughs> <laughs> on something on the track. Yeah, that will be great. All right. All right. Uh, next question. Um, what hobby have you always wanted to develop but never got into? Um, that's tough. There's been a lot of hobbies that I've actually gotten into and just kind of abandoned, but that's not the question. So... Probably, I've always wanted to play the piano, only because 
uh, I think it would be fun to just walk into a room that has a piano and just start jamming out. Yes. And people would be like, wait, what? I am on that 100%. Uh, er, I tried piano the piano. or guitar. I feel like one yeah, of the, yeah. one or both are, are both one of those things where it's like, I wish I could just pick up a guitar and play a song. You know? Right. Like, it would be so cool. Right. Definitely more guitar than piano. I tried piano as a child. <laughs> and man, I'm sorry, mom, if you're listening. Definitely did not give it my best shot when I needed to practice at home. <laughs> My sisters were better than me, and I kind of just definitely didn't want me to do it. So when I was supposed to be practicing piano, I was outside playing <laughs> separate sports. Um, but, yeah, I mean, piano, it's hard. Anybody that can play the piano, good for you. Yeah. Fair enough. My other one would be, like, ice skating. I'm not a oh, – I, yeah. I mean, I the first time I ice skated was when I was, like, might have been in high school. Like, I just – I never got into ice, ice skating. I love hockey. Um, so that's something I'd probably really want. Honestly, I would love there. to surf. I've ne- I mean, like, oh, yeah, if definitely. I could, like, I haven't that's even given too. it an option to like give it a shot, but like, if I could surf, I would love to surf. People make it look so easy yeah. too. Yeah. I just don't think it would be that easy. Closest thing I've come no to way. is that little like wave rider at like Kalahari. Uh, I've yeah. never done that. <laughs> Crushed it. It was fun. That's <laughs> why I want to surf. You might do well then actually, cause that's tough. All right. Uh, next question. Uh, what is one thing your parents uh, always made sure you had when you were in college? Shout out, Mom, for the question. Uh, my mom, no matter what, if you had a, if it was a cold, sinuses, if you had a cough, literally, day quill, night quill, she made, made sure I had it. Made sure I pounded it. She goes, make sure your sinuses are good. Make sure you've got your day quill. I literally pounded. I'm probably immune to day quill at this point. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, for me, I don't know if it was one thing in particular, and maybe this was more high school, but um, my mom was always, always made sure I had enough food. Like, if it was even a doubt that I didn't have enough food, it'd be like, oh, you, here's food, here's food, you need it. So I appreciate that, mom, if you're listening. I think, well, my mom was big on, on the vitamins and stuff like that. I think the funniest thing, and it's not even, like, made sure that I had, but it's like, if anything was ever wrong with me, like, health-wise... The first question my mom would ask, have you drank enough water? <laughs> and it would, li- no matter what it was, like if I had a headache, <laughs> if like, if I rolled my ankle, have you drank enough water? Like it would, <laughs> no matter what it was, she would always go to, have you drank enough water? That was my mom. That's my mom's with Dayquil. She skips the whole water thing. And she says, <laughs> Did you have Dayquil? <laughs> that's great. All right. And actually one final question submitted by uh, Luke Paterosi. Um, his question, well, he had two, but we're not going to get into one because it was how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? So, okay. funny question. Um, I did this as a child. It was 182. That is some aggressive that's licks because I've heard a lot higher. <laughs> yeah. I might have also bit because I got bored. But <laughs> so, that doesn't count. Uh, yeah, that's true. Um, but his other question um, was uh, when you were looking to go to college, um, what time of the year did you decide to um, kind of make that decision? And then what was the deciding factor uh, in making that college decision? Uh, so I made my decision a little bit later. Uh, I made it in, after I was done with wrestling, so the mid-March uh, section. Uh, some different things that kind of made it tough was um, things that I looked for was having that communications with the coach, uh, that was kind of what got me into like into the door, got me on campus. Uh, then the next thing was what was going to help me take my skills to the next level, which was those. And then the third and final thing 
that I use when I'm recruiting uh, is an overnight. And meeting the guys on the team was the biggest deciding factor. Uh, for me, uh, hands down, and I mean still to the day, my overnight didn't turn me the wrong way. Uh, I met the guys on the team. Those are the guys that I knew that even if, like, I didn't succeed in golf as much as I was able to succeed. Uh, my skills got better. Uh, if I one relationship with the coach, then that, and then meeting the guys on the team. Uh, I tell my kids when I'm recruiting is I want them to go to different places. I want you to find a place that makes you happy because that's where you spend the next four years. If you come here, I want you to have an overnight. I want you to meet the guys on my team because that's what the culture I want. I don't want you to come here. Like I would love for every single good golfer to come here, but I want it to be a team that wants to be together. Yeah, and you, I mean, you really got to fit in with the community. Right. Yeah, that was probably my biggest and arguably only factor was uh, how well do I fit in with the university and the team? Um, is this a place I could see myself being for all four years? Which ended up being uh, not a great philosophy. <laughs> this is a lie. This kid had <laughs> this kid had other things. He's like, it needs to be a bit by a beach. And he had like three tasks that yeah, I, I well, okay, yes, there were other criteria <laughs> that I, as an eighteen-year-old high school <laughs> student, wanted in a in a school, um, but in retrospect, really, what I should have focused on, which I didn't at all, was the academics of the school, and ultimately, why I transferred was that I wasn't able to put my academics first at that school. Um, and also, my, I wanted it to be a large school, which in retrospect, I wish I wouldn't have gone to a large school because I'm going to get a much better education at a smaller school. So uh, don't do not do as I did. Do as I say. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, I mean, you said a good point there was uh, when I went on a visit and found at Lewis, which is uh, they had sports management, and that's the first time that I'd heard about that major. Uh, so then when I found out about that and thought that was an option. That's when I started looking at different schools. That's when I saw that Milliken had a sports management and then along with other schools. Um, on, ultimately, it came down to, for me, two schools. It was either Lewis or Milliken, and the deciding factor was the guys on the team. Yeah. Um, for me, I think one of the, one of the things that my parents kind of instilled in me when I was searching for, for colleges and, and going on tours and stuff, and I went on a ton of visits um, – was they always said, you want to go to a place where when you are there for the first time, it always feels like you're comfortable. Mm. So like mm. when you step on a place you've never been to and you're comfortable, that's a good school. That's where you know you should be. Um, and for me, that was when I came to Loris. And right when I knew on, right when I came on campus, I, I was comfortable. Um, the people were great. Um, and that's something that I mean, even if it's, um, talking to high school students now, it's, it's, that's what I tell them. I mean, no matter where you are, if you're comfortable there for the first time, that's, it's a special place for you. Yeah, that's genius. I'm going to use that, actually. Nice. Um, any other questions? No, that was all we had. Sweet. So if uh, you want to submit some more at, uh, at Tuesdays WNC on Twitter, uh, we're always uh, interested uh, hearing what you guys think. And again, uh, Trent, thank you for producing this. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't get enough shout-out. Uh, you're definitely on this. Thanks for all your work. Yeah, I appreciate don't need a shout out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys, though. Yeah, thanks for listening to Tuesdays with Nick and Cole. Catch you next week.